1: forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. We are back from... Vegas, Vegas. That was hard.
0: The weirdest thing, though, we have to tell our listeners what happened. Oh wait, what if that person's a listener now? It's awesome. I hope. I hope he's a listener. I
1: hope you're a listener, listener.
0: Yeah, he he did subscribe. But we were at the bar after um, Amy had been working in the Uberlube booth selling Uberlube.
1: Yep, helping with the with the Uber lubes. If Y'all don't know about Uberlube. Go check it out. Go to uberlube.com. We are big fans of Uberlube. I actually was a fan of Uberlube even before I started working with them. I'm actually the one that went to them, not for the podcast, to actually work with them, being their educator for the brand. And I was like, That I was, was like
0: seven years ago. Yeah. And I was right? like,
1: I, I love your lube. I would really love to work with you. I think it took them a year to realize that I was
0: awesome. And
1: <laughs> just all, you know, everyone picks up on that right away. And, um, and I've been working with them ever since. And so it's always been my favorite favorite lube even before working with the company and um, it's a long lasting silicone lubricant never gets sticky no flavor no scent really body friendly the bottle itself is beautiful it's like a luxury lubricant and um, you leave it on your nightstand it doesn't even look like a lubricant and all there's so many folks doctors sex educators so many folks are on bo- board because it's such an amazing lubricant that when people use they're like lube can be this good. Um, so I recommend checking it out. Go to uberlube.com. You can use coupon code shameless sex in all caps and you get 10% off your order and you also get free shipping. Um, so go check out a bottle know why we're obsessed.
0: Um, and but anyways interesting we were story. At the, we were at the bar with the founder of yes. Uberloop uh-huh. who's been on our show before. Yep. He was on the what was that? It's the like the professional wanker and the lube chemist. Yes. That was it. So check out that episode. Uh, so we were with him and we were sitting at the bar getting ready just for one last drink to go back to our room. Long story being short we ended up chatting up this um, person at the bar and who was super sweet super nice guy. Yeah really nice guy. And then we started we were walking away because we weren't planning on spending a lot of time at the bar and I was kind of joking like I do and I was like "What? what's up dude why are you following us? What do you want to be our manager or something? Mm-hmm. I'm like you better hand over your social security number and your uh, driver's license in order for that to happen. And he puts, takes takes our business card out of his wallet and hands hands Amy his wallet with all of his credit cards and everything in it, his and ID, his cell phone, yeah, everything and then disappears. He just walks away. He walked away, and, and we, we were, were just, like, uh, we're all stunned. Uh, we're like, wait.
1: <laughs> Uh what uh and you were you were so confused, you were like, you thought we were responsible or something, you were freaking out. Like, it's like as if I was like, dude, we oh. didn't we didn't take it from him. We 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 can just bring it to the front desk. I thought he
0: was joking he was gonna come back. And you really had to pee, and I had to pee too, and wanted <laughs> to go back to my room, and I was like, I don't wanna stand here, and you're like, I don't want to stand and wait. And I'm like, I don't either, but we have all of this guy's stuff, what is he gonna do? Yeah. I was all panicked, but we did drop it off at the front desk and then he sent us a he DM'd us an Instagram. Yeah. I was like, thanks for returning my stuff. I was like did you
1: just read the rest of it? He re- he sent this really wonderful long novel that was hilarious.
0: No, because I wrote him, I wrote, I was at the airport when oh. I wrote him back and I said something in the DM, like, you really worried us there. And I said something like, for fuck's sake. Like he, he responded with like, funny story about that.
1: And so we're no, we won't get too deep into okay, it. Okay, I have to read that now. And so he, I mean, he was awesome. There was, it was no way that and it was in no way was, it was just, a, it added to the weirdness of Vegas. And, and my personal philosophy about Vegas is that every time I go, it takes a little bit of my soul away. So. <laughs> i tried to go there just for yeah. one night but i, I just told nights. him it was
0: thought-provoking because it was we yeah. talked about it for a while, like what were his intentions yeah. had no idea so interesting that was my last moments of vegas yeah and uh yeah and i and it was at least i have you and and some other friends there to hang out with it's not so lonely and when you're in vegas by yourself it's kind of lonely
1: my theory about vegas is that Actually most things is that not a lot of good things happen after midnight and that, that was at twelve oh five. Yeah like, Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't a bad thing, it was just funny and, and like odd. And then we got locked out of your room. There's so many reasons oh, why man. it was all just weird.
0: Getting locked out of rooms in Vegas, you have to walk like twenty five minutes to the front desk.
1: Yeah. Like, and I,
0: no. yeah, and then I had to pee. Yeah, yeah. it was a whole thing. Amy so, Amy was running in the hallways barefoot, like looking for places to pee. She's like, I'm gonna go on the stairwell. It's gonna splash. I can't go on the stairwell. <laughs> I didn't go
1: in the stairwell. Really funny. <laughs> I actually went and found a bathroom, but I had to go 30 <laughs> floors down to go and do that. So, yeah, we were there for a trade show. We're happy to be back. Um, I hope to only go to Vegas once a year because it is just very challenging for my system. Yeah, me too. So, this month, everybody, our workshop is half off. Yes. Are- our Wild Woman Sex Workshop. It's all about uh, practices, tips, tools, and how to be a badass in the bedroom. It's for female-identified folks. And uh, it is all online. We did, what, four videos? And
0: and it's usually $199. We're doing it for $99 this month. Half off? Oh, so, half off.
1: Go to shamelesssex.com if you uh, click on the workshops, then it has all the information. They're just practices, there's the four videos. There's also a bonus erotic meditation. I believe we're also giving away my orgasm 101 class as a bonus gift, too. So um, go check it out and you essentially get to work directly with us. So um that get it well it's hot.
0: Hata, Hata. on
1: sale. And uh oh, April, this thing that we talked about. So we wanna make like some stickers or some Art to give to our fans, but not just a photo of us half naked with a banner like we normally. Well, because
0: remember what you were asking me about something like for oh for water bottles for stickers to put on water bottles and stickers just to have. Yeah, give away. I was like, you mean like us half naked with the (laughs) shameless sex thing? And you started laughing. I was like, well, that might be a little awkward some places, so maybe we could get someone to create some amazing art for us. Like it's still us, uh, But But almost like like cartoony, cartoony looking, or but classy cartoon, but classy with like the shameless sex logo. So. We're going to call on you, our beautiful listeners, and just invite you to send us some, um, whatever, a recreation maybe of a photo we have out there, a shameless sex photo or um, something that we will make into stickers. And we'll give you a shout out if you want. If you want one, if not, we'll keep you anonymous. Oh no, we'll ship you some free sex toys. Well, we'll also ship you free sex toys. But if they don't want their name on our podcast, we won't share it. But if they do, we will. And if
1: a hundred of you do, we're not shipping you all free sex toys. We're shipping the one that we so- we actually select and mix stickers. And maybe out of. we'll select two, <laughs> and
0: those two, or maybe three, and those Ooh. three. We'll you get a sex toy. You, and you get, get a sex toy. And we have got a lot of juicy, great sex toys. Oh yeah, right we right got now, a whole so bunch. We got we stacked up. So my, the, you know where
1: mine are? Under my bed. Ooh.
0: Mine are in my cabinet under my TV in my living room. Now
1: when they rob our houses, they know where all the sex Oh, is. yeah. <laughs> I, got,
0: I got They're like, all brand new in package. They are. Oh, yeah.
1: Not building and dust. And we'll give
0: you some Uber lube.
1: Yeah, you'll get all the things. So, so send you, us in And our, our uh, email, if you want to send it to us, is shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your art. And then we also, so we have a blog we've talked about in the past. And so we started this blog. We had this <laughs> awesome person in Barcelona who helped us. And um, do this whole marketing plan, and she su- suggested that we do a blog. And people actually do read our blog; there are our readers, not listeners, um, reading it. And the only issue is, April and I really don't have a lot of time. We it realize. took me like
0: six <laughs> hours to write one. Well, you're a perfectionist, I'm, and I'm a perfectionist. And I go back and I read through it, and then I still have to. I have part two of my my whole like um, experience with like opening up my um, ejaculation and becoming, you know, my female. Uh, body entering into another female body
1: or oh, we're not saying that anymore
0: oh yeah yeah my vulva owning friend and me yeah you're got y- it on oh <laughs> that was with the, another vulva owner
1: yeah uh, and I'll just comment on that we had someone that sent us a message on Instagram um, that we really appreciated it was someone um, letting us know that using the terms female body and male bodied is uh, not uh, re- is is peace not respectful of uh, a lot of trans folks. Right. And my education years ago in sex education, that was the terminology that was supposed to be more respectful. From what I learned, and um, I totally understand why it's not. So um, I've, I've said this on Instagram to be patient with us as we um, reframe our way of speaking and thinking. So we're gonna say penis owners and vulva owners and bits and all those fun things. Um, but thank you, listener, for sending that.
0: We listen sometimes it gets stuff gets outdated language improves yeah. hopefully it's more inclusive so we will work on that but i'm going to post my whole point to bring that up is i will i have half of the story posted and i'm going to post part 2 here it's just not it's not going to be as long as the first one because it's supposed to be 1700 words apparently a blog for it to be it's a lot of words. Yeah, to be I, I didn't what think is this, it's college, college? Like I words, but it is it's a few pages. So, uh the point for why we're bringing this up though is that we're calling upon you our listeners to also share your stories anonymously or if you want your name out there but we will post them on our website and people read it. As yeah. Amy said, people are reading our blogs and we get a lot of traffic to our website. So if you want to share your story, whatever it may be, um, your sexy words, yeah, yeah, if it's sexy stories or some kind of share, uh, we are encouraging you and inviting you to share that with us and we will post that on our blog. Um, are we, I mean, there are certain areas where we might. Um, have to add in some some urls or links to things but we won't alter the actual content of your story yeah we might like
1: ch- change up some things for some keyword searching search, search engines um, but what it will do is it will help us to have some content and help you to be a part of the podcast it'll help us who because so, we don't have a lot of time um, and to keep the blog alive so it's just uh, a sharing and we would love to be able to post one a week so the more the merrier send them on in and And we will share your story, which is funny because we talk at the end of this podcast about the body storytelling uh, podcast, which I'm not going to go into right now. But um, this is kind of letting our listeners become a body, you know, erotic storytellers via words, via um, typing it to go on our podcast.
0: And if you do it, we'll send you some free things. So I don't know about sex toys right now, but at least maybe access to some of our we have a lot of different things that we can send you. So we will reward those of you who send in some things for the blog. So yep. if you feel compelled to, we would love it to be 1,700 words or more.
1: We give a minimum. We, maybe, let's go like a minimum of a 1,000. Yeah. 1,000 to 2,000. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> and you can be anonymous. You just stay if you want to be anonymous. Uh, and if you want your name, then give us your
0: name. And just send it to the same email as before, shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com. And we do reward our listeners for participating. So please help us. And you get to be a part
1: of Shameless Sex. Um, Okay, so I'm going to read a... It's a sex question, but it's also a little bit of testimonial. I'm not going to read the whole testimonial because it's really long. And to the listener that sent this testimonial, it's about um, what they titled it, what they say, antidepressant considerations and an important question. They sent it because we talked about, we answered a sex question about, about... I don't know if this person... They didn't. We the the sex question. Someone didn't actually say anything about antidepressants. I don't think. Oh no, they did. SSRIs. They, yes, they they responded to a second part of it, saying that they actually have been recently been diagnosed with depression, but they didn't say whether or not they were on SSRIs.
0: And then they came back and answered, and I think they said they were,
1: but just I, newly or something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not completely familiar, but this person who sent us this testimonial, this part about antidepressants and. Um, libido and sex drive sent us a very long, really wonderfully written. Um, they're very articulate. They should write us. They I should know, maybe
0: send <laughs> this hey, for maybe a blog. We, maybe we can put this on the blog. That would be great we if they
1: would let us. Maybe we can email them back and do it.
0: Yeah. Well, look, we're just learning. We're coming up with ideas. We're coming on the spot. up with ideas and learning because uh, it's really what long. What we well Yeah. But I'll read, just, just I just want
1: to share a little bit about what this person shared. And then they have a sex question that's actually not even related to that, to libido and antidepressants, but it's about um, self pleasure and masturbation. Um so but what this person said in regards to when they were diagnosed when they had were diagnosed with depression and they were taking antidepressants um and then their libido changed and and actually became pretty much non-existent and there's a number of reasons what what that was why that was there and they even played around with different types of medication different dosages this is what they said the thing that really helped me was a suggestion from my psychologist that that my psychologist made to me it's make sex your focus now This just might be me. And there was something that he picked up on in our sessions that made him say that. So I got several books on sex, women's anatomy, sex and psychology with women. And just to make significant changes in our environment and my knowledge... And the drive came back while I was on the medication. He's married, by the way. That's why he's saying. Hour. So it can be done. It's like the saying goes that if you walk the walk, things fall into place as you'd want. It's like a 40-year-old version where he's like, is
0: it true if you don't use it, you lose it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or fake it till you make it, kind of. Like, you, even though it's not there, you start to actually do the practices, start doing the homework, and and then you can get there. And so he also says, so since my wife was a bit of a prude and mom focused for so long, I had consequently backburnered intimacy as well. Emily Morse, that's Sex with Emily, you guys, Sexy Marriage Radio, and a series of sessions with local sex therapists at a local church also helped tremendously. There's a sex therapist at a local ter- church. I like that. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that, because there's, a, and I'll go to the sex question. But anyways, what this person is saying is that for them, being on medication that had significantly affected libido, and libido was also affected by just being depressed and down, by making sex the focus and doing the work, even though it wasn't there, it actually came back, the libido and the, the drive. Um, so this is this person's advice. But their question, everybody... Uh, is, so my wife, despite her somewhat newfound friskiness in the bedroom, doesn't masturbate on her own at all. I've asked her why, and she doesn't have an answer. She loves the vibrator in, an intimate, in intimate times and flat out tells me she can't understand how it feels so good. She calls it magic, but doesn't use it on her own. I encourage her to using the using the reason that she'll learn more about her pleasure zones and and better direct me. But she says she's comfortable with our frequency, which is a couple times a week or more, and so she doesn't need it. This makes me feel good, but I want the best for her. The way you all... All you podcasters talk about masturbation makes me feel like she might be missing out on something in her life. Would you suggest I continue to encourage or leave well enough alone and never have to worry about her getting addicted to the vibrators? And Probably
0: because he knows I'm addicted.
1: <laughs> that nemesis. So he's asking, you know, should I encourage her? Is she missing out on something? Or should I just let it be?
0: I think let it be. Let it be. Yeah. yeah.
1: If she says she's happy, she's happy.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that it's great to encourage her and now she knows that you're encouraging her and that it's uh, okay by you and that you'd support that decision. However, I don't think it's essential to push. I think let her consensually make those choices. Maybe if you're out on a trip somewhere for, you know, a week and uh, she'll... Maybe she'll dive into that, or maybe not. Yeah, you can, and if if you
1: really is part of the reason why you want her to do that, or you'd like her to do that, so that she can learn more about her body to share that with you, then you can lovingly suggest that. You know, hey. I think it'd be really hot if maybe if you just wanted to self-pleasure sometimes here and there and then maybe you can share with me what worked for you what didn't. No pressure, but I think that's super sexy and it would be awesome for us so that I could know more about what you like and again, it's your body, you get to decide. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that. But you know, if she's happy and she's like, no, I'm all good, then she's all good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Totally. Literally. It's yeah. true. My like, my partner doesn't masturbate. No. Like, even if I'm out of town for a long time. Yeah. She's not into it. It's just, he's good. just like eh? Yeah. I'm like, okay, what if I'm gone for like two
1: months? They probably would masturbate. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that probably would probably change.
1: <laughs> 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 that would probably be what a little if? different. Yeah. <laughs> what if? I'm going to try it and see. Just disappear yeah. for two months there and see what happens. How many times did you masturbate? Go into Tahiti. And then when they orgasm, the load is massive. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. The buildup. The buildup. Yeah. But anyways, so we're going to reach out to this person to see if maybe we can put this wonderful thing. Cause there's a lot more that they said about. It's um, a really
0: nice, long, well yeah. drafted, well, really well done. Articulated. Yeah. The grammar is amazing. I know there. Maybe they can help us with our grammar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's grammar when we are conversating, not grammar when we're writing. Is it, conver- it conversating or conversing? it's tomato tomato (laughs) okay it's
1: both (laughs) shit someone's already writing us (laughs) right (laughs) you guys sound
0: like dummies um okay cool oh we forgot to talk about blue boutique too oh well we mentioned to andrew who we're going to get into an interview with shortly that we actually were just in utah visiting blue boutique we taught a workshop there that was wildly successful we had so much fun the people that showed up were just amazingly open and they really they're vulnerable and very appreciative just wonderful people in Salt Lake City um but we shared with Andrew that someone actually recommended us interviewing Andrew and we said he was already going to be on our podcast so that being said Blue Boutique we did name um name drop them in the show uh in the interview part of the show however uh we are also this month I guess uh We're featuring them on our show because we love Blue Boutique so much and we want to support them. So if you want to buy some sex toys. It's website only. (laughs) It's not in store. So
1: go to BlueBoutique.com and it's off of that site.
0: Yeah. And they've been around for 30 years, Mm -hmm. y'all. They're like a staple in the community at Salt Lake City. But you will get 20% off. Yep. And you use the code Shameless Sex in all caps.
1: Nope. Nope. It's right in front of you.
0: Oh, shameless 20.
1: (laughs) My mom's mad at you Mom is angry right now. She's like, April (laughs) always
0: fucks it up. (laughs) But mom would never say the F word. April's always messing it up. So it's shameless 20 in all caps. It's two zero. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just the numbers. Yes. But 20% off is great. So check out blueboutique.com and buy all your needs for the month.
1: Oh, yeah. And then we'll also be back in early August. This is 2019 at Blue Boutique teaching some workshops. So um, contact them if you're in the area you want to learn from. Us. You know what the
0: most exciting news is, though? I think that I've heard all week. You're pregnant. <laughs> you always say that. Oh, wait. No. It's your yeast anniversary. No. Oh, my that's gosh, That's not everyone.
1: Exciting. Guess what? <laughs> April, a year ago. We have a shared calendar. No,
0: it was two years ago now, wasn't it?
1: Is this your second annual yeast anniversary?
0: I feel like it is.
1: Two years ago, yeah, then, it was two years ago from today. April had her first and only yeast infection, and we have a shared calendar, so I put it in there as our, her her yeast anniversary. We also have her anal anniversary.
0: It was two years ago because it was right before I left for the Caribbean. I remember sitting at the table and talking to our two friends about it, and like, I was wow, like, "I'm feeling yeast." And one of them was a nurse, and she's like, "Don't you just want to scratch it? Like, just get in there and itch it?" And I was like, "No, I'm scared. It's not good for and it." I was like, "Yes, I do." Mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> happy uh, Easter! Thank you Chip. for honoring my Easter. If anyone wants to send she gave her, give a, me a big bag of n- nutritional yeast, yeah, for,
1: for, to celebrate. Just everyone, just so you know, that doesn't help your yeast infection. No, it
0: nope. definitely doesn't. Uh, apple cider vinegar did help. Uh, there's some other natural and I'm sure some other pharmaceutical options. However, that's not part of this conversation. The exciting thing is is that <laughs> OMGS came oh, out with season two. Oh well, I don't know. Is it actually available to them or do we just get oh, to snap. see it? Yeah, well we got a well, we got a preview of season two. I don't
1: actually know if it's to the public yet. I think that it's going to be out like within maybe a couple weeks. Okay. But, but it's awesome. We got to see it. Yes. And it's, it's
0: super cool. Amazing. I started watching it at the airport uh, <laughs> and I was like, You uh, need one
1: of those screen covers.
0: I know. I used to have one on my phone phone uh but i looked and there were there was a, a person sitting on either side of me and so i like did like a kid over your shoulder i know you. i was uh definitely feeling the the eyeballs switch people always do look i feel like what, at what i'm looking at on my phone or my laptop yeah
1: well that would be a good thing for them to see
0: it's not even that inappropriate at all like it's not pornographic they use really like real people that yeah. are talking about their own pleasure in such a great way just to hear people openly talk about pleasure.
1: Yeah, it's it's super tasteful. And there's all these different videos. And we've talked about season one, which is external vulva pleasure. Uh, And so it's for folks who want to learn how to have, uh, maybe it's hard for you to have an orgasm. Maybe you've never had an orgasm. Maybe you have amazing orgasms, and you want to have
0: even more amazing orgasms. Maybe you have trauma on certain parts of your vulva. And you uh, can find out different ways to pleasure yourself around the trauma. Like I have a torn labia and I actually lately now have been kind of vulva mapping myself with that to figure out how I can sort of put pressure and what uh, amounts of pressure. And these videos really do help me check out different ways to to play. Yep.
1: Yeah, and so season two is actually internal pleasure. So they talk about, you know, the first inch of the vaginal canal, G-spot, uh, et cetera, and, the, and so it's showing, again, sh- showing these Pe- folks and they actually are. it's not um, not, all only, cis. not all cis women yeah. yeah so it's actually there was some trans folks too uh, and they're talking about the pleasure that they like how they learn to have this pleasure and then they show you these little techniques but they're not doing it to the point when they're wanking themselves they're actually just like you know a touch here for this amount of time so really really well done and everyone gets uh, $5 off if you go to omgs.com backslash shameless uh, and you get $5 off and right now I know it's only season one out but season two should be out
0: as a Maybe when this episode's out. Maybe, and they're not actors, y'all. They are real humans. I think that's really cool because a lot of, a lot of, I think most people these days, and when you look at commercials, are actors. Like I use Prilosec and it really worked. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're like that. You paid to say that. So these folks are part of research and development, all for you to explore your pleasure. R and D. R and D.
1: R&D. and I like in the podcast how Andrew says, instead of Kickstarter, he says Dickstarter. Hey, I
2: know.
0: That's that's cute. Spoiler <laughs> alert. That's Spo- some of the awesome stuff that's going to be in this episode because he is so funny. Yep. Such a funny human. Yeah, he's amazing. Like just comedy.
1: Yeah. Love comedy it. and really knowledgeable. And, oh, and just super knowledgeable. And
0: empowered and strong in the way
1: that he's, he he speaks. It's I'm, I'm super stoked His on this His messages are great. Uh, so we're about to dive into that episode. Before we dive in, before I read the bio, um another piece to share with y'alls is you know, April and I we live busy lives. We are on the road. We are always moving around. And you know
0: what you always say, Amy, I'm ripped.
1: Oh, wait, what's <laughs> the joke?
0: Um, do you have a ba- Wait, do you have a needle and thread? No. Cause I'm ripped. <laughs> or you can say, Do you have do you have a band-aid? Cause yeah. I'm good.
1: <laughs> she has all of the silly I do, jokes. and I
0: do bust them out shamelessly when I'm at different places, and I need a party pleasing joke.
1: They're they're actually very um they're like the saggy boob one and the <laughs> yeah that one's not always appropriate depending on who you're talking
0: to well I grits. did tell it at like a, a at an Easter dinner one time with my ex boyfriend in front of his grandmother how'd that go not so well <laughs> <laughs> I bet it didn't <laughs> so being on the road though this yeah. this week we were both of us were on the road we were, I was all over the place and. I find that I run out of things to do at the gym. I don't even know what to do half the time when I'm at the gym because I'm like, what is this equipment for? What does this do? So you've been so you've been using that doing an app for a while. I've been using yeah. an app for a while. And, and I now just, you got a do one. I just started using open fit. Yep. It's awesome.
1: It's yeah, and I so when I when I go to the gym, first of all. I will go to the gym and find every excuse to make it only twenty minutes of not doing a lot because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm like eh, time to go get a sandwich. So you're like I don't want to sweat that much. No, yeah, but when I go, I so, but I'll go do gnarly classes that are you know, an hour long to an hour and a half and and things like that and one. They're not everywhere I go when I travel. Two, I don't always have that time. Three, sometimes I don't really want to get in the car and go to these things. They're expensive. You know, there's a, l- a number of reasons why. And so now th- with this program, I can just do it at home.
0: From the comfort of your home, own home or hotel room or hotel gym or if outside, you want to go to the gym. Yeah. Or outside. Yeah. yeah. And you can just throw on the videos. Yeah. And there's... A lot of them to choose from. A and lot. Some
1: of the things are only 10 minutes, some things are half an hour. I did this one that was a, six, a 600 second, which was, was that 10 minutes of um, HIT It the sounds hit.
0: like not a lot when you say
1: 600 second. And it, yeah. Yeah. It had high intensity by. interval training. Yes. That's what HIT that is. That one. Okay. So I did that one, 10 minutes. I was more sore from that 10 minutes. like, And, and I was able to do it. The two days later, I, as I get older, it takes longer for the soreness to kick in for yeah. some reason. Two days later, I was more sore from that than I am from some of the hour-long like hot Pilates things that I do.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That means it's working. It's targeting muscle groups yeah. that you probably do, do not normally tap into. Yeah. And, f- you know, folks, it's not even about – it's not about – Losing weight at all. It's about feeling healthy. That's my thing. I, I'm not I don't get on the scale. I just want to feel healthy and yeah. strong. Yeah. Like a badass
1: like bull. empowered April. So as we've been saying, OpenFit has changed the way that we work out. And with our code SS Podcast, you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Uh, we can all work at the same time, maybe. Oh. Well, because
0: you can choose any of the
1: videos. There's like
0: bar. There's the hit that you did today. Yep. There's yoga. yoga.
1: So again, use our code SS podcast and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. And right now, they have a 30-day challenge. And our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can get fit and feel healthy and strong. Uh, so when you text SS. S podcast to thirty thirty thirty. That's three zero three zero three zero, and you'll get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information, totally free. Again, just text SS podcast to thirty thirty thirty. I all see. right. Um. So, if anyone wants to send April a present for her yeast anniversary, <laughs> her address is 555-555. <laughs> um, and you can even come over and hang out. She'll give you free hugs. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. So, are you all ready to hear the bio? Yeah, I want to hear about Andrew. Andrew is awesome, as we already said. This was a really fun podcast. Um and yeah, you'll we'll, you'll hear. You'll know more about Andrew. I just I love like his the way that he promotes things. He's just he's amazing. So Andrew Gerza is a disability awareness consultant and cripple content creator whose written work has been featured in men's health, Daily Extra, Gay Times UK, Huffington Post, The Advocate, Everyday Feminism, Mashable and Out.com. Oh, and he even just said he was on BBC, right? With his mom, um, and several anthologies. He has guested on a number of podcasts, including Dan Savage's Savage Love and Cameron Esposito's Query. He has spoken all over North America on sex, disability, and what it means to be a queer cripple. He is also the host of the Dis- of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, available on all podcast platforms. You can follow podcasts at Dis After Dark Pod. And he is also creator of the viral hashtag, hashtag Disabled People Are Hot. You can find out more about Andrew by going to com and connecting with him on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. Are you ready for the podcast?
0: I sure am. I'm
1: not going to make that noise I normally do. Me. <laughs> that was April. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. All right, everyone. It is episode time as promised. And um, this episode, I don't know if Andrew was referred to us. I think we found Andrew, but a listener actually requested that we have someone come on the podcast who um, is a total an advocate and specializes in this topic. And um, so, listener, if you're listening. We listen to you. Listen, that's a lot of listens. Uh, We we really appreciate your feedback. We heard you. We heard you. (laughs) Yeah, we we listen to all of our listeners and and the feedback that they give us. It doesn't mean we can do every single thing, but we really value that feedback. And so we're really happy to have um, Andrew here. I already read the bio. You already know all about Andrew, but welcome to Shameless Sex. Andrew, we're so happy to have you here.
2: Hi, thank you for having me, Amy and April. Thanks for, it's nice to see you digitally.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get to see you a little, a little video call. Y'all don't get, don't get to see Andrew, but if you go to Andrew's website, maybe you will.
2: Mm-hmm. You can see a lot more of me on my website, actually, if you Like I, how much, how much more?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a dick shot there somewhere.
0: <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs>
1: Good. Awesome. All right, dick shot. And I know you're on Instagram and all the things too.
2: I'm which- on the Insta and I will plug myself later, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay.
0: Awesome. No dick shots on Insta, Andrew. Oh, I know.
2: Foster, Sestra, like what the yeah. hell? Come on. Oh, what the hell? Oh,
1: shadow ban, don't yeah. Oh, we are not. We don't even get us on our shadow ban platform. Uh, <laughs> all right, Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came into doing the work that you do?
2: Sure. My name is Andrew Gerza. I'm a disability awareness consultant, cripple content creator, as you know from the bio. Um, I... I work predominantly in sexuality and queerness and disability because no one is really talking about that and it's not really a conversation we're having enough of. Um, I produce the podcast, Disability After Dark. I also give public speaking around sexuality and disability all over the world. So if you're listening and you wanna hire a speaker, I'm available, let me know. Um, (laughs) But how I got into this work was I was bored, frankly. I didn't have a job, I finished school. I have a degree, a master's degree in legal studies And disability from a university in Canada, Carleton U in Ottawa, Canada. So I have have the background in disability. And when I finished school, my master's in 2013, I wanted to do disability consulting work where I talk about disability for a company. That's what I wanted to do. And when I explained my interest to employment agencies that help disabled people find jobs, they all said to me, well, that's not a job. That's a hobby. Like, have fun with that and do it on the side, but it's not a real thing that we can help you do. And I was like, well, that's, nah, I don't believe you. So I literally went on to uh, to Vistaprint, printed off some cards with my name, picked a title that I had stolen from somewhere, Disability Awareness Consultant, and I was like, okay, I guess this is who I am now and what I do, I'm going to start handing these cards out to random strangers saying what I do and see what I what kind of feedback I get. And then I started contacting places like HuffPo and and The Advocate and Elk Magazine saying, hi, I have a story to tell um, about being queer and disabled. Do you have anybody writing regularly about that? And HuffPo said, pitch, pitch us some ideas and we'll see what happens. And they, at that point they didn't pay. So at that point I didn't, and I didn't know who the fuck I was at that point and what I was doing. So I wanted just exposure from a big platform. And so they printed a bunch of stories I'd written And I kind of got my feet wet in realizing I could write these experiences day to day. And then I realized somewhere in there that I could also speak and I could give lectures because I can't, I don't have a lot of physicality once I'm in my wheelchair, like I can't do a lot of physical stuff, but I have a voice and I can speak. So I realized that I had seen enough college lectures. I know how to command a room. I can do that. So I, I, just went in and I started just saying, I have a story to tell, I have, I can put things on a slide and tell you about disability and tell you about how gay men don't talk to me and tell you about how I like to suck dick. I can do that for a job. Like, and that's literally what I started doing. Just really being really upfront about my experience with people and saying, here's what I do. Here's who I am. Let's talk about the barriers to access for, for uh disability. Let's talk about my disability. Let's talk about how sex and disability is amazing. Let's talk about the ableism that people deal with. So I started doing all of that really independently from the seat of my pants, just saying, I don't know what I'm doing. And I still now, seven years on, say I am not an expert in this field at all. I have no credentials technically in this field other than my own lived experience. But I think that's a great jumping off point. And I always say to disabled people that are looking for work, stop looking and make your own. Like, why do you have to, one of the great things about being a freelancer with a disability is that I don't, I'm not adherent to anyone's schedule. I can decide to work one day or not work one day. I can work two hours and then have a nap. I can, you know, so it's really, for somebody with, with complex disabilities, freelancing and doing what I do, I highly advocate that disabled people, whether we're talking about sex or whatever they wanna talk about, use your lived experience as a disabled person to create work. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's yeah. And where I can tell you for two people that have to get on airplanes all the time, you were talking about this for you. It's, you know, travel is, is extra challenging. And so you get to work from home for us two people who get on the airplane all the time where travel um, isn't challenging for our, um, our physical bodies that, um, I totally get that. So glad that you've found your niche. And I love that, um, reminding people to create their own, um, their own direction. Can you tell us, I heard you use some terms, um, ableism, and um, and so we're going to ask you some some of the lesson around the language around disability, telling us what ableism, able body means, what terms are helpful um, or are not helpful and um, or respectful of people's experiences.
2: I think that it all depends on who you're talking to. I think disability needs to move away from a person-first identity. So people will always say, oh, person with a disability. If you want to call yourself that, fine, I get it that's that's your own personal choice but if I say to you hey hey Amy hey April call me like a queer cripple that's what I've chosen for myself mm-hmm. and that's what I'm expecting you to respect that and so if somebody says call me differently able which is a term that I abhor but if they said to you that's what I'm asking you to call me then you would respond in kind and say okay great I think the respect comes from whatever that particular disabled person says I you to call me then you, like much like how we're doing with the trans and non-binary communities and like pronouns, we're saying, hey, what's your pronoun? Do the same with the disabled community and ask like, hey, how would you like me to identify your disability? And if they say, oh, I don't want you to identify it at all, you follow suit. Or if they say, I want you to call me a wheelchair user, you follow suit, you give them the, the, the right and the respect of like, what, this is your body, this is your experience, how, how would you like me to, to, to notice it? or not
1: mm-hmm. and so then just does uh, I yeah I love that and it, it, is ableism then just or well, ableism is referring to um,
2: oh, yeah. oh yeah I can yeah. break that down because so ableism is basically if you're discriminating against any disabled person if you make a joke that's off color or if you oh you're so inspirational blah 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 like that's ableism like if you if you demean a disabled person sexual ableism is a thing too we're like oh like does your dick work that's what I get all the time um, It's really just not seeing a disabled person as a whole person and, and using their disability to either inspire yourself or to demean them it's and it's really insidious because unlike racism and unlike all the other isms that we talk about, ableism is like the last one that we're starting to realize is a real thing. People don't realize how it, how how painful it is when someone's an ableist and I think we're all ableists I'm disabled too and I'm not above it. I've done things that were inappropriate with other, or said things, not done things. I've said things about other other disabled people's bodies that I probably shouldn't have, and I've thought things that were ableist. And I'm not saying ableism is bad. I'm saying the way we weaponize ableism, we're not willing to. Nobody wants to be like when you call out somebody on their on their ableism, and they like, "Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not being discriminatory. I'm just asking." Well, it's like you are. Mm-hmm. And if you just realize you're an ableist and I'm an ableist, and we all have we all have the possibility to be an ableist. And if we recognize that from the start and move forward, then then great. But we're so afraid to be called out or even called in in that context that we don't move forward that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Which brings us to like an, another great question, which is the fear in talking about disability, right? I mean, I can also relate to being fearful to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, I do not want to be an ism, you know, in any sense of the word, especially to have ableism or I guess, is that it's a verb of some sort. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, I'm assuming scarier out there for a lot of folks. So um, can you, whether that, whether or not they identify with having a disability, I mean, even for um, able-bodied folks, right? Um, So can you kind of talk about um, what we can do as, you know, the human humanity, the human race to better this and, and um, get moved through this fear and, and, and be better humans?
2: be afraid. Don't don't run from the fear. Be scared. Like, lean into it and realize you're going to fuck up. You're going to swallow your leg. You're going to say something. You are going to definitely say something inappropriate. And it's how you handle that interaction. If you say something inappropriate and I, first of all, if I call you out and say, hey, Amy, hey, April, you've said something that I don't approve of. And your first response to me is like, well, I didn't mean it. I was just, that's a problem. But if I said that to you and you said, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Let me start again or let me correct that and then you then you work your hardest the next few times you see me to like ensure you've done that then I see you're trying and I think that you shouldn't be afraid to be afraid because you're gonna fuck up but I think I think that disabled people need also and I need to I need to do it too so I'm not calling a video here but I'm saying generally we need to let let people fuck up and if I call you out, it means I give a shit about you. If I don't call you out and you said something ableist and I just drive away, well, of like, well, I didn't, I didn't care enough about you to care. If I said, Hey guys, see, even I just did it. I gendered myself. Hey people, <laughs> I like, don't call me that. Um, it means I give a shit about you and I'm asking you not to, and I care about our relationship enough to tell you how I feel about that. So I think as able-bodied people just lean into the fear. Don't be afraid to be afraid because I understand that disability is something we're not we don't talk about enough. So that fear is healthy. It means and that discomfort you're feeling is okay. It just it's how you react to that when you actually encounter a disabled person.
1: And then add sex to it because I know that there's a lot of um just oh, there's, yeah. there's oh, a of stuff gonna out talk there. About I'm,
2: the dick second, right I'm so ready
1: yeah. I, then, yeah. then well then it makes it complicated because a lot of I know that a lot of folks out there you know that it, within the ableism um there's this this idea with a lot of people that they assume that like you're saying oh does your dick even work or the the uh, folk someone with a disability might not even be a sexual being um and so that could add it add with the make the conversation not yeah. only just more scary but also um more complicated because that's so maybe you can comment a little bit about that throwing sex into the whole mix
2: yeah i mean sex makes everything more awkward right because we're <laughs> naked we're vulnerable and we're whatever but like i think that we need i think you just have to play with it like i have a i have a partner that i see on a regular basis um and he calls me potato the running joke is that i'm potato because i'm a vegetable and i can't move now you might think that's an offensive thing to say, but it. What it? I, when he told when he called me that, I, I burst out laughing and I was like, "Yes, call me that from now on." It's amazing. And he said, "You know, I you thought care-? it was
0: cute." I'm like, "Oh, you little potato!" Like it's a sweet, endearing term. It is, but because I love potatoes so much. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, it,
2: it is that too, but it's also funny because I can't move and I'm am t- am t- a vegetable, and so there was like some weird disability interplay in that. And what it says for, for me is like if you if I so to a lover, oh, call me your big dick crip, call me like a cripple. Like, if I did, if I said that to a lover, what it means is I'm asking you to see me, mm-hmm. I'm asking you to play with this, I'm asking you to realize that this is a hundred percent part of who I am. Don't I'm not going to run from it, I can't run from it, so neither should you. And if you're going to suck my dick or vice versa, my disability is going to be a part of all of that, mm-hmm. so why are we afraid of it? So, I'd like when people are afraid to interact with my disability around sex, it's like. You know what you're missing. If you just spent an hour with me in bed, I would have you laughing about the fact that I'm disabled and we would laugh together. But people are so afraid to say the wrong thing and I don't think they should be. I think they should be afraid of what they're missing out if they don't try. Mm-hmm. Like disabled people are great sexually. I am an amazing lover mm-hmm. and people should fuck me all the time. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah. Um, consensually. Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah, so with consent and, and agreements and yes, yes, of course. <laughs>
1: When you so when you talk about disability, um, maybe because oh, you're t- you're you're talking about uh, you, for yourself, you're referring more to um, your your physical body. Um, but you're I would imagine it's the umbrella term of all. Can you explain to our listeners all the um, different ways someone might identify as having a
2: disability? Uh, I can't give you every term because would- yeah, not every term. <laughs> do we have seven hours? We break like every. Do you even know time? all the disability? No, I know, but I can give you like the basics. So there's there's physical disability and there's visible disability, which is somebody who has like a cane, a walker, some kind of like um, marker of disability. And then there's invisible disabilities, so things like chronic pain, fibromyalgia, that kind of stuff. So those are the two main categories. And sometimes those fluctuate. Like sometimes people with invisible disabilities someday need a cane, or some days need a wheelchair, and some days they don't. So people who might not look disabled could totally be going through a disabling event or have a chronic condition or have an illness that, that you can't see but it's very real for them. So I think I think honestly living with an invisible disability is somewhat harder because people you they have to prove so much harder that they are disabled and they require accommodations or they require help. And our society doesn't want to believe them. But if they were sitting in a wheelchair, they would they might be able to get those accommodations faster. And that's not fair, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Isn't there
1: a movement around folks with in, uh, um, invisible disabilities or a specific term? Oh, I'm trying to think of it. I've saw seen a movement on social media about, a, like there was like a specific term or campaign or movement that- Was, was
2: it a hashtag?
1: Maybe I'm trying to think of what it was. It's maybe this is not going to go anywhere. But I saw folks who had individual or individual invisible disabilities that had a specific way of um, identifying with it in a uh, uh, some sort of terminology that was like empowering. And I don't remember what
2: exactly what it was. So maybe we can just pass over that question. But I remember seeing something around that. I'm sure there has been. I just don't, I don't know which one it is.
0: I'm sure we'll know after this episode airs because I'm sure someone will write us in and let us know. Yeah. So I that'll be know. good. Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so can you, for our listeners, give some, I guess some key points or there could be some tips or, what just the things that folks should know about sex and disability.
2: Um, It's great. <laughs> Well, you say that on your you 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 say
1: yeah on your website you say it talk your website talks about the fun and and the vulnerability around sex
2: and yeah it's it's great I mean it can also be chock full of ableism like it depends on it all depends on who I'm fucking and spending time with like I work predominantly with sex workers to have my needs met and that is one of the greatest things I've ever done it's one of the most important investments in myself that I've ever had the privilege of doing because i was trying to meet guys on grinder and the apps before and i was being constantly met with ableism and constantly met with um people's prejudices and they're like oh i'm so sorry you're disabled i don't think we can have that one night stand or i can't do that thing i can't come over because i'm too scared like so i made the decision two years ago to start hiring men for sex and i was i have had some really powerful experiences with these men because you build a friendship you build a relationship that is a working relationship and and I know that I'm safe with them I trust them I know for the the next two hours I can be as slutty as I want to be and I'm safe to do that Mm. and it's a really empowering thing I've done and I I I just I'm throwing that in there because I think advocating for sex services and disability and and sex work and disability is such an important thing and I wish that it was I wish that it was legalized everywhere and it's not legal in Canada so like technically what I'm doing is illegal too but I don't give a fuck I'm enjoying myself and like come arrest me like I I don't. I'm not scared of it but I just wish that it was more of an option for more people and I also wish it was more financially viable for a lot of disabled people who don't have the privileges that I do to make money and to use it for that.
0: You start a Kickstarter campaign for folks because everyone needs access to that. I kind mean, of- a
2: Dickstarter campaign. A Dickstarter <laughs> campaign. I like it.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. So is that, is that something that you would say for folks who um, uh, have, are, are living with a disability that... Um, if you know, that that to go that there are folks out there, there are uh, sex workers, and there are and and that it, it can be a really um help, emp- empowering experience. Like in in your case, where um people might not feel like they have access, and then through those experiences, um they can learn a lot and feel um, connected. And like you're saying, to be fun and sexy and
2: yeah, I mean I I had some of the best sex I've ever had in my life with sex workers because they allowed me to explore my sexuality in the way that I want to. I've done things like submission and dominance. I've played with all these things in the safety of my home with somebody that I trust. And I get to be like, I get to be a slutty, you know, I get to be like really dirty. And then there's something, because people think that disabled people are so innocent and they can't mess around and they can't have sex. To be able to do that with a partner for two hours and say, I want you to like, I want to eat your asshole out for an hour. And I want to do, I want like to be graphic and blunt, but you know, being able to do that, like my my queer peers get to do, to be able to access that part of my masculinity and my like maleness with another man feels really good. And it wasn't something I had access to before. So I think that anybody with a disability who has the means to work with a sex worker, because I don't think that it's fair for um, somebody to not pay. So I'm not saying like, you know, undercut somebody. But I think if you have the means and it's it's possible for you, definitely it should be something you can explore.
0: I don't know if we're allowed to ask. And, and maybe, I don't know if you want to share. Oh, go I'm
2: ready. Yeah, Where, where do you find these sex workers? Do you just Google? Because I'm sure some people don't know. Um, I, I Google. I mean, with every, with every, I'm not going to give you the exact site because I don't know what, I don't right. know. Because foster ancestors is a real thing. And I don't know, I don't know how any of that works. But I Googled it and was like, find me, find me a male sex worker. And because... The internet is a, is a vast, joyous place. I found it pretty quickly. Okay, um, so if you type, if, you're, if you if you type in "I'm looking for a sex worker," something will come up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that with the cesspool laws is just—it's some of the major search engines or spaces like Craigslist and those things that were greatly affected. But there are still other avenues available.
2: It, it's and people are out there who are who are doing it, and I think also disabled sex workers who are who, again, just like we said earlier, that I'm a freelancer and that's what I do. Like being a, disa- being a sex worker and being disabled allows for disabled people to have income mm-hmm. and not be tied to anyone's schedule and also explore their bodies too. So there's a whole bunch of avenues around disability and sex work that people should be exploring that we're not exploring. And so I've, I've just publicly come out kind of all over the world on BBC and on HuffPo talking to my mom about working with sex workers And she approves of it and actually is is proud that I do that. And so it's such a, that was such a weight because I was hiding it for two years. I would have these sessions with these men and I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't obviously be like, hey mom, I'm going to go hire a sex worker. I be like, I'm going on a date, wink, wink. And it was, we'd have a session. Now I can say, like the other day, I told my mom, I was like for my birthday in a few weeks, I want to have a threesome Mm -hmm. with my two favorite sex workers. And I told my mom, and she's like, great, that's awesome. Like, I think that's amazing. And so to have that openness, with my parent about the fact that I I do pay men for sex but I've chosen this for myself feels super empowering and I I just like I said some of the best sex in my life has been with sex workers and I wouldn't change that for the world
0: mm-hmm. so did your mom give you the threesome for your birthday did she pay for it because <laughs> that's a good birthday present no
2: she didn't because she knows I'm I'm well off but but yeah, you got this. Yeah. She, she supported me and we went on BBC news the other day and did a clip with like all over the world about us together talking about that. Like, that's a big fucking deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love that. Mm-hmm. That is so I, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Go mom, too. Mm-hmm. Go mom. Yeah, mom.
1: Yeah. Has, has your relationship with your mom always been like that where you've been able to talk? I mean, you said you just came out to her, but has it always been somewhat open and connected
2: like always, that? It's been always very open. We She helped me in the bathroom as a kid. She bathed me as a kid because of my disability. She bathed me now. They need help. Like, we're very close. And so, this was something that I was afraid to tell her because I didn't want the shame of, like, oh my God, you work with a sex worker? Like, they're dirty, horrible people, which I knew she didn't know it. I, did, I knew she wouldn't be that way. But the stigma around that was like, what if she is? What if there is shame? And so, when she accepted it without, like, I remember telling her we're on the phone, we're having a chat. And I said, Mom, I work with sex workers. And I was waiting for, like, oh my God, it's so scary. She went, oh, great. Nope, awesome. And we just moved right along. And it was just so, I remember taking a big breath, being like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. it's out now. And now we, now, I, now like I've sent her pictures of dudes that I want to hire. I'm like, mom, look, like I want to <laughs> fuck this guy. What do you think? Yeah. Like, and there's something really so sweet about that because it means that she sees me now and she sees that even though I'm really disabled and I have a lot of needs and I'm not meeting them in the conventional way, I'm still building... I think any relationship with somebody, whether you're paying them or not, is a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with these men, I'm building friendships in a different way. And to for her to know that, that I'm doing that, and also that I'm well, and I also think it allows her to see that I'm financially stable, that I have enough money to hire a worker and still live is, I mean, that probably puts her at ease a little bit because she knows that like, I can do both and be okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And she wants the best for you. You're, you're a baby, <laughs> so I she mean, wants you to. She wants probably wants. I mean, not. I can't say all parents want their kids to have all the pleasure, but it sounds like your mom does.
2: <laughs> no, she's great. She's fantastic. Yeah.
1: So, uh, on that note, then we're talking about your. You know, your your mom is. It, so, is your mom um, it does it does not identify as someone who has a disability? Then.
2: She does not.
1: Okay. So, Mike, because my next question is going to be, how can um, able-bodied folks be allies for folks living with disabilities, whether they're in a re- in an intimate relationship relationship with them or not? Maybe they just know them or they're a parent or a friend. Um, uh, the if-
2: biggest thing is listen to disabled people. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how you be an ally. Listen to a disabled person. If they tell you their story, shut up. Sit down, realize your able bodied privilege, and listen to them. That's it. That's literally it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of cuts across all these social justice movements. If somebody with less privilege than you is telling their story, shut the fuck up and let them tell it. <laughs> like, that's just it. And when I have guests on my podcast, Disability After Dark, available everywhere, <laughs> uh, new episodes every Tuesday. Um, <laughs> when I have guests on my show who are you know, of a different experience than me who are, are people of color with disabilities, who are trans with disabilities. My job as a host is to sit down and go, great, tell me your story. And I'm going to shut the fuck up let you tell it because what the fuck do I know? I'm a white cis guy with privilege. Like I have privilege, even though I'm disabled, I have privilege too. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to really like remember that and let my community come to me and not for, not voice myself on them. Mm-hmm.
0: Was so when Amy and I were just in Utah, and I mentioned this to you, but I wanna I wanna tell our listeners we were doing a little training at this really great store there, and and we were there for Blue Boutique as well, and one of the um, the the staff members recommended you. He's like, you have to interview. Andrew, because he's such a badass and, um, have him on the schedule, but, and I was like, yeah. yeah, we're gonna meet him, we're gonna see him uh, in a couple of weeks. So people your message is getting out there and people love what you have to say. He was telling me about your grinder, um, like that those experiences, because he's like, Yeah, and he just basically tells them to fuck off if they don't like like what he's doing. I was like, This guy can't wait to I mean,
2: actually no, I I have real emotions about it because I mean my my public persona is yeah, fuck off. My internal persona is like, oh, that really hurt. Why do you right. need to be such a dickwad about it? Like I've had people on Grinder. I had somebody a few weeks ago, they wanted to come over and fuck me at six in the morning, which is not a time that I'm gonna fuck you anyway. But they were very persistent of like, Can I come over now and suck your dick? And I was like, Oh like all right, like no, I have I have care needs that I have to manage. I can't but let's, you know, plan a time. And I didn't get back to him right away and he sent me like a barrage of texts that were like you're a fucking retard like mm. no one's gonna want to be with you god should have killed you when you were born oh My God, that's like that and i was like i was like okay and so i told him to fuck off and i blocked him of course i screenshotted all the messages and put it on social media because i was like blast yeah. this fucker everyone yeah. um but and i do that all the time with my guy
0: yeah that's what our that's what this guy was talking about and i that I don't know if it was that particular occurrence, but that you do, you put people on blast that aren't respectful. Like that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I know some other people that have have done that, and um, and that they were doing it specifically around some really heavy slut shaming. But a similar thing, you know, like I want to have sex with you, and then you know the person I know, a friend, said essentially turned them down, and then the same thing, like fuck you, you slut, you bitch, you ugly whore, things like that. And and she did the same thing. She's like, all right, well, screenshot, put it on blast, and actually, yeah. I think instagram shadow banned her or flagged her or something for doing that she actually got in trouble from them and lost her instagram account for a little while uh, so i don't know if you hopefully you haven't had any experiences with that but i, I agreed uh, i was like
2: well, i stick to the blasting on twitter because at least right now right now twitter is like a safe space to like they shadow on youtube but not as often as they like instagram does mm-hmm. so on twitter i'm pretty vocal about like look here's what happened. Check
0: in. People check check in. in. That's uh, for sure the case with everyone. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever heard, I work with a company called Hot Octopus. Have you ever heard of the
2: Pulse? I love Hot Octopus. Like
0: you that. do? I was going to ask I, you because I wanted to send you one. Have you, have you ever, have, obviously you have it, you own a Pulse.
2: The Pulse is not super accessible for me. They're great. And I, I support them for people who can use them. Okay. My testicles don't quite enjoy it very much. Mm-hmm. Got it kind of hurts my ball sack, not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> so it isn't something that I'm super jazzed about, but Rock, that doesn't mean I don't love you. Listen, so You come out with other things. I'm here for it, but just not that one. Um, but yeah, they're great.
0: And that's the thing. All sex toys. I try to tell this to folks when I'm, when I'm at conventions, I'm like, you never know what you're going to like until you try it. Uh, but the, the pulse is, I mean, we're, I think in, even in um, the, the folks with disabilities, they've said that they're so thankful for the product to be existent because it does help you know, maintain an erection. It can help you come, um, but it doesn't work for everyone as Andrew just attested yeah, to. Well, so
2: I was not a fan of it, frankly, but I think that the fact that it's out there and if it works for you, great. What I'm working on, and I think this is kind of where you're going with that line of quote, maybe, I don't know. My sister and I are working on our own line of sex toys, specifically branded towards disabled people mm-hmm. so we are doing that right now um if you want to awesome. donate to that uh, the dick ask. starter you di- <laughs> should totally call it the di- no dick starter is for andrew to hire all the hottest and then get late. but if you want to donate to this other campaign this other dick starter they can go to um deliciously slash donate
1: deliciously
0: disabled.ca
2: okay. because yeah. canada and they <laughs> can hit Donate and then um, they can give us some money to just. Well, what we're raising money for right now is research, mm-hmm. preliminary research to build a pro- to build a prototype. So we're looking at creating a toy for people with disabilities who have limited hand function, so who have limited dexterity, who can't jerk off the right way, who can't the right way. That sounds really fucked up. Who can't um, keep keep that fucked up part in. Who can't? Uh, they can't jerk off the quote-unquote normal way or the typical way, um, and so we're we're just building research to see what kind of toy would work for them. So this money is going into the research, the prototype design, the the, the cost of figuring that out, legal fees to make sure that, like the patents are good. It goes into all that stuff, and so if people want to help us out with that, that's what we're doing, and it's the, what I'm calling it is it's disability-driven design which means that disability is at the forefront of the creation. Mm-hmm. Disability is the first thing we think about and the last thing we think about, but it's, it's driving the whole process. So it's not like, oh, we're gonna adapt a toy from one that's already been made. It's like we are gonna, no, this toy is created with disability in mind first. And it's also being tested by me, a disabled person. Like when we get to, to the testing part, I can say like, yeah, this would work for lower dexterity individuals, here's why. Mm-hmm.
0: There aren't a lot of options right now for folks with disabilities for toys, for sex toys, I can tell you that. Uh, so that's really good that you're approaching that from uh, that angle, especially since you can do the research and development all across. And I'm sure there will be folks out there that also want to be
2: testers because product testers are needed. It's, when we get there, trust me, some, well, I'm sure it'll be a part of our whole thing. We're not there yet, but yes, totally.
0: So that's deliciously... Disabled.ca to donate, right?
2: Yeah, disabled.ca slash donate.
0: I'm going to put some money up for that myself because I think it's Amazing. so good.
2: Yeah, We would appreciate it. And if you also want to fund my sex worker birthday thing, let me know. Like, you
0: know. <laughs> the threesome, when's your birthday? May the 6th. So oh, so, oh, we don't exactly. have a lot of time here. Okay, less than a month. Okay, you're a Taurus. I like it. So tell our listeners how they can work with you. How can they find you? Keep
2: the mystery. Um, <laughs> How can they find me? Well, they can go on all my socials at the Andrew Gerza, So T H E A N D R E W G U R Z A, The Andrew Gerza, on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, they can download my podcast every Tuesday <laughs> on all the platforms. And they can also head over to the podcast Patreon, patreon.com slash disability after dark, and they can pledge a dollar a month to keep the show going, because being a podcast producer is as you know, mm-hmm. super hard mm-hmm. and to find topic ideas and to like fund new equipment to fund like server fees, it's not cheap. So, I, if anybody wants to help out there, that's great. They can head over to my website, com. I have my press kit there. Some videos I've done with internet celebrities like Davey Wavy are there. Um, my talking stuff is there. I also give talks in person or over Skype. So if you're in a warm place like, I don't know, Santa Cruz, California, and you want to like fly me out to do a talk over there, I'll do it. But if you're in a cold place like bumfuck Minnesota, I am not coming, but I'll do it over Skype and you can pay me the money that way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's how you get a hold of me. There it is.
0: Oh, I love it. So you won't go to Minnesota in the summertime? It's so beautiful there. I went to college there.
2: I mean... I love people from Minnesota. I also listen to a lot of murder podcasts, and there are a few gems from Minnesota that I am obsessed with. And I ho- I listen to um, Wine and Crime, which is like—I've
0: like- heard of that. I haven't listened to that one, but I'm obsessed with crime so, shows myself.
2: No, no, you need to—you need to like both of you need to pull out your phones, spend an hour just listening to these three friends get drunk and talk about crime. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> show. I love them so much, and I'm actually going to be on their show. This weekend, we're recording an episode, and I am the most excited.
0: I love that, because we have a wine sponsor that sponsors us with wine, local wine, like Margins Wine. I don't know if you drink wine.
2: I'm not a wine drinker, but hey, if you want to sponsor me, I will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then
1: I'll drink it. Or, or I'll just take it. I will take a sip
2: and pretend like I drink it all the
1: time. Oh, nice. I wish we could say that we just take a sip and pretend... Actually, I don't wish I like drinking it.
0: Yeah, I'm on a wine cleanse right now, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm cleansing myself of all the things. Oh, wow. um, too much Vegas, Andrew. That's what happens in Vegas.
2: Vegas will do it to you. If
0: it had been
1: Margins wine, maybe you wouldn't have been feeling so bad the next day. It's true. What do they say about Margins
0: wine? Doesn't give you a hangover because there's no additives or it's all organic. So, And a lot of times organic wine doesn't taste good. This one tastes yummy. And awesome. it's awesome. Well, you got a marginswine.com and they're actually sold out, unfortunately, but sign up for the newsletter because of our podcast listeners who love the wine so much. You're going to have to wait for the next batch to come out. It, it comes out, I think about in July, uh, but sign up for the newsletters and the folks that are uh, on marginswine.com will get first access to each new round of wine she produces. So check it out. You won't be disappointed. I haven't heard of a lot of folks that are disappointed. Even Amy's mom likes it. And she is a wine snob like me.
1: I have so, I just I just want to say, Andrew. First of all, um, I really, 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 really appreciate you coming on our show. I really hope that your sex toy gets funded, and hope that listeners go and check out your show. Can, how long have you been doing your show? Uh, almost three years now. Oh, exciting! And we're two We released on Tuesday too. We did it for see you next Tuesday, though.
2: You know, cunt. Hey. <laughs> Amazing, yeah um, You know, I follow your show. I haven't, to be, to be honest, I have not listened to many of them. But when I knew I was coming on, I listened to a few. And I was like, oh, it's a fun one. It's, it's very similar to mine. Mine is also really conversational, really easy, really relaxed. Nice. Like, it's not sponsored by any, like, it's, it's me in my bedroom making a show. So, like, the fact that, and I, what I love about it is that disabled people will write in to me or they'll send me emails or they'll leave me reviews that are like, I've never heard a show like this that encompassed my experience mm. and like, thank you. And that, I don't care about the numbers when I get emails like that. I'm like, wow, somebody cared enough to listen and, and tell me that like, that's why I do it. It's not for me to be a podcast star. I can, I can give a fuck. It's mm. about, there's not enough of this stuff out there in the world around disability. That says like, Hey, we also like to, I like to suck dick too. Let's talk about that. Like there's not enough about, that reality out there. And so the fact that people are listening to my show that I record in my bedroom in Toronto is like, blows my mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's a, one of our favorite things too, is getting the the uh, messages from people uh, or the emails saying, um, just gra- showing gratitude for what we do. And that's why we, why we do it. It's definitely um, a really, uh, really satisfying passion project. And so, yeah, glad, Absolutely. glad you're on, you're on board. Um, okay. So, I, we normally, what we would do at the end of an episode is we would just say, thanks everyone for listening. Please go review us on iTunes. <laughs> um, give, we love five-star reviews um, and we can find us on all the apps. And then April would say ciao for now. Um, but I'm actually going to uh, play everyone a, a little trailer for another podcast. We're pro- plugging all kinds of podcasts. Andrew, have you heard of the Body Storytelling Podcast?
2: I have, like the one that's kind of covert is with risk
1: it's body storytelling. Well, so body storytelling is like an erotic storytelling it's a, I, we call it a show. They do stand. We not stand. up They go travel all over. They get on stage and people tell their tell their erotic stories on stage. The
2: podcast art is like a burlesque woman, right? Looking... It's
1: Dixie De La Tour. I think she has short, short right? Right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Totally seen, I've seen her around. Yes, I do know it. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So what we're doing for um, the next couple episodes is we're going to preview a little trailer for our listeners for other awesome podcasts that we um, love and standby and definitely Andrews, which you all know. Go check that one out and remind our listeners of the name of your podcast one more time
2: Disability After Dark Woo-hoo! available on Stitcher iTunes Google Play Spotify new episodes every Tuesday
1: on uh, all the apps great thank you Andrew and then and everyone go check out Andrew's work go sponsor this uh, this uh, either either uh, Andrew's Lovers or also <laughs> sponsor this awesome sex toy or sex toys that we are, are oh yeah one want. more thing before yeah. we get
2: um yes. I'm also selling, I am the creator of the disabled people are hot hashtag, which you may have seen uh-huh. going yeah. all over in social media. I made that. So if people want to buy a shirt, they can go to podcastjukebox.org, click on the store, they can click on disabled people are hot, and they can buy a shirt. And if, awesome. if people with the means want to donate a shirt so that a disabled person on low income can receive one, I will send it, I will send it out to them personally. They can go to paypal.me slash Andrew and give me like twenty five to forty five US bucks so I can ship it out to somebody and then somebody on low income who doesn't have the means to buy one can get a shirt.
1: Uh, do you re- just remember all these things, all the like web addresses and codes off the top of your head? Because we're like <laughs>
2: remembering our things. Because I do it so much that yes, I have. I I have to. Yeah. We do it so much, and
1: we still mess it up all the time. My mom, my mom, my, my mom listens to every episode, and she's like, "You guys really need to write this down. You're failing." So, Andrew, you're you're awesome. Uh, we, mom, will strive to be more like Andrew.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Oh.
1: Yeah, there's a, thank you, Andrews. For everyone else, I'm going to um, play a little trailer. It's only about a minute long. Um, it is for the Body Storytelling Podcast, and it's with sexual folklorist. I love that name, sexual folklorist, a so storyteller, Dixie De La Tour. Um, Dixie is curating submitted stories um, then from all kinds of folks, all kinds of the wrong word, but even Midori was on there telling some erotic stories. Dossie Easton, I believe, who um, co-authored The Ethical Slut. All kinds of folks on there. Um, I said all kinds of good, but you know, an array of folks telling stories uh, um, and it is a different twist for a podcast. If you want to go hear some erotic stories, here's the trailer for you all to check out.
0: Hi, I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, the creator and host of Body Storytelling, the podcast and the original sex and storytelling series. It's a sphinctacular podcast featuring fascinating true stories of sex, kink, gender, body image. Stories like these. And then we change positions and now I'm sucking off Spock while Captain Kirk rolls around and I get spit-roasted.
2: So it hit me square in the mouth. And my very first thought was, pineapple.
0: The whole thing is an orgasm, but I'm just very mindful of, I'm shitting on his balls. Oh my God, I'm shitting on his balls.
2: We're in the dark room. Our Towels fall away. We grab each other's hard
0: cocks. I've got a man's cock in my hand for the first time, and the space-time continuum is not unraveling. They call us the moth for pervs, so if you want to hear true stories from real people who might also be queer, polyamorous, trans, swingers, dominatrixes, furries, really anybody with a butthole, listen to the Body Storytelling Podcast at bodystorytelling.com